Well, welcome back to Growing the Game with Ballsy. This is installment 337, and however you're listening, wherever you're listening, thanks for making me and this podcast a part of your podcasting schedule. I'd like to thank one of our title sponsors. That would be John Ryan and the John Ryan Foundation. John has given back to this community, Regina and Saskatchewan, for a number of years with various charity events. He's helped out the Regina Red Sox as early as last year with their dinner with his wife, Sarah Colonna, as they came in and to help raise money for that collegiate baseball team. He, of course, has outfitted the Mini Mites in RMF with the Gear Up with John Ryan Foundation and, of course, a big scholarship for the Regina Rams while he was wrapping up his career here in Regina with the Rough Riders. Our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics. Beat back father time in a naturally looking way with Crescinda Takach and the gang at Face First Medical Aesthetics. Above Gabos on Dudney, it's a stretch of uh, businesses upstairs there they call Beauty Avenue. And at the forefront, it is Face First Medical Aesthetics. And the Regina Riot female football team is back at it for another year. And we're talking now with their head coach, Chris Hattisbeck. Time to turn our attention to female football. The Regina Riot back for another year. Chris Hattisbeck, their head coach, joining us. Chris, thanks for joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline. Hey, Ballsy. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, man. So I was looking on your website. Maybe I am just an old guy that can't find a technology and everything. When does the season actually start? Yeah, we're just working on finalizing a few uh, kickoff times um, between the other teams that we're going to be playing. So our first game is scheduled for May 7th in Saskatoon. Okay, against the vaunted Valkyries. Uh, You just went through a round of tryouts uh, in Moose Jaw. How did that go? Yeah, that's right. Last weekend we were in Moose Jaw, um, and then this past weekend we were actually in Weyburn. So we had our three main winter camps, and uh, they went really well. Numbers were awesome, some of the highest that we've had in probably the past five years for sure. Um, overall, things went really well, and we're, we're very excited about how the season's looking. Where's the talent level lie in terms of uh, this team? Is it uh, like the strength? And, and in those camps, uh, what were the, uh, what were the uh, women good at doing? Yeah, you know, I think we've really solidified our lines over the last couple of uh, camps here, which is great. Obviously, that's one of the most important things uh, for all football teams, but especially for us to kind of confirm and make sure that we're good. And then uh, we're also getting back our, our quarterback who used to play for, for a long time, um, Amy Kowalski, two-time Team Canada player. Oh, yeah. Um, incredible leader, and, and she's back this year and looking as good as, uh, as ever. So just for people that aren't aware, Chris Hattisbeck, what is the age bracket? Like, what are we talking in terms of the age of the athletes playing here? That's right, yeah. So we're 16 and up. Um, you know, we obviously consider ourselves an elite football team, but with the way our league works, we do allow 16-year-olds uh, to play in our league. So we've had many in that age range that actually start and contribute to our team. Some other teams have different rules, but uh, but we have 16 and up, and there's no age limit. So we have uh, we have women playing for us uh, in their 30s and even um, even one in their 40s. So. Now, I know my friend Zelko Stefanovic runs the uh, Selects football program out there at the Yara Center, and he's got uh, involved with programs in Alberta and Manitoba. Do we have any girls taking part in that uh, program, or do we have like uh, off, uh, you know, out of season camps and things these girls can do to further develop their game? You know, depending on the age range, I know that there have been a handful of uh, girls playing Selects, which is awesome. Uh, one of our alumni, Morgan Turner, her daughter played for Selects, and we've had the opportunity to meet a few others, which is great. 
Um, otherwise, depending on their age, there is the Prairie Girls Junior Football League that they play in the fall, um, whether that's Regina, Estevan, Luthamin, uh, Melville, or Yorkton. Um, so that's probably the best bet for them. But if you're a little bit older, their options are a little bit more limited. Um, there's not many opportunities to play tackle football for the older athletes. Um, out of our season right now. We uh, have a couple of coaches coaching at the CFL level. Just recently hired Nadia DeCour in Ottawa with Bob Dice's staff and the Red Blacks. And we had Tanya Henderson on and going into her second year with the um, BC Lions as a defensive assistant. Uh, how do you feel about the way this uh, sport of football for females is going? You know, I've, I'm fortunate enough to be, have been involved with the riots since day one back in 2011. So I've really seen it grow from where it started from almost nothing um, to where it is today to see those coaches, you know, to have three female coaches on our own staff, coach at an elite level, coach at Team Canada, be involved with, with training camps and with the Rams, with the Thunder now. Um, it, it's really been impressive to see the hard work that they're putting in and to get the opportunities that they deserve and, and make the most of them when they get them. Chris, I, I'm not trying to be um, male chauvinist here or stereotypical when I ask this question, but are we getting closer to the uh, point where Chris Hattisbeck can coach a female football player the same as he'd coach a male football player in terms of knowing the game and things like that? Is uh, Are there you know, skill level, their football IQ, and that's not a cut down to the women, they're just learning the sport. Um, it's definitely changed over these last few years, especially with the introduction of the Prairie Girls Junior Football League. You know, when our team last year, almost over half of our team had played football before. So that's really changed um, since the beginning. When we first started this team, we had, we had women that have watched football, but many of them hadn't played, only a small handful. So we're now getting athletes that have played football for some up to five years already before they come and join our team. So that's really made a difference. At the same time, we do get women that are brand new to the sport, and we, we encourage that and welcome it. And and try and teach everyone up from day one the same and then get everyone up to speed as we go. What do you like about uh, coaching uh, women's football? You know, the biggest thing um, is just the respect they give you um, on and off the field, their willingness to learn. I feel that they ask why way more than the guys maybe do. Obviously, you know, I've had a lot of experience coaching high school football, RMF as well, so I've been coaching guys football for a long time too. And the women just want to know why you're asking them to do something, which I think is awesome. It helps with their learning, helps with their understanding. They do everything that the guys do as far as in the offseason, watch film, um, work out, practice as hard as they do. So they just want to know what we're asking them to do and how it's going to benefit them, and then they go out and, and work just as hard as anyone else. Today's show is brought to you by the new sneaker that can be worn frontwards or backwards. Just a little more dopey than guys that wear their baseball caps backwards on a date. And our second quarter is brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina and surrounding area. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ and Saskatchewan football royalty. Won a Grey Cup with the Riders, two with the Alouettes, uh, played for the U of S Huskies, played for the Regina Thunder, so he's covered it all in terms of football, now coaching at the U of S. Speaking of coaching, Mark McConkie of the Regina Rams stops by to talk about his players who are eligible for the CFL draft and a big fundraiser coming up for the team at the end of the month. Well, let's talk about some of the guys that were in the combine. One of the under-the-radar stars was Al Ford's grandson, your Swiss Army knife on defense, Jackson Ford. Didn't test overly great, like not freak athlete great. 
Um, but I guess in the uh, in the in the skills and drills and in the defensive portion where they went offensive against defensive players, he uh, really commanded uh, the defense, which is great, and uh, raised the stock. Just talk about him. Yeah, uh, again, he's, a, he's an outstanding player for us, and he uh, he's got lots of great tape from his four years here on the Rams. And um, again, the comment, comment, I think he tested okay. Um, again, his bench was a little little off. It, they uh, they didn't count a few of his reps, and you kind of lose your rhythm. So. Uh, but again, I know he can make up for that, and teams can see through that. They know he can get more than eight or whatever they gave him. But his uh, his play is all about being on the field, and I think teams can see that. Teams know that. So um, again, he's he's the quarterback back there. He was our our leader on defense, and I know he'll his name will be called on draft day. And I know once he gets to a camp, he's going to show well. Tanner Schmeckel's a guy that was with you, was went away, came back, became an all star. Uh, just your thoughts on Tanner Schmeckel and what he might bring to a CFL team. Yeah, again, that's the same thing. I think if once he gets into a camp, uh, he'll show well. Again, his tape's outstanding. I know he got hurt running a 40 at the Combine, uh, which is always tough when you get those big guys running 40s. Again, I think they should move away from the big guys running, maybe just 20s. But um, So his weekend kind of got uh, cut short a little bit there. But from what he's been telling me, lots of teams are interested in him. And just the teams that have called me about him, they're, they're really high on him. So I know if he uh, gets the chance, he gets drafted, he gets to a camp, he'll show well. I was watching uh, the um, 30 for 30 Bullies of Baltimore. I don't know if you saw that, but that was where they were honoring the uh, early 2000 Super Bowl champs, the Ravens. And uh, it was it was done right before Tony Siragusa passed away, which is kind of... Um it's sad when you watch it, but it's kind of good they got him with his last footage. And he's on the stage, and they talked about running 40s, and he said, yeah, I, I told Coach Billick, if I got to look at me, if I got to run a 40, we're losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some merit to that for sure. It's true. Absolutely true. Talk to me about Josh White. Obviously, he's got championship pedigree like Jackson Ford, a winner at Campbell. Uh, he's really good at the point of attack with his tackling. Just talk about him and what may, what might appeal to a CFL team in terms of what ta- what uh, Josh White does. For sure. Yeah, no, he's been, uh, he's been great. He's definitely uh, high on lots of teams' radars just because his, his physicality. He can... He's a physical guy. He plays well on special teams, plays well on defense, and he can come in and play this next year. So I know lots of teams, he's moving up their board the more tape they watch on him, and they're excited about him. And I honestly, I, there's, I don't think there's a, a high chance of us getting him back. I think he's going to, wherever he goes, he's going to stick and be a special teams contributor in year one. And then down the road, who knows, maybe he can earn a starting linebacker role. But he is, uh, he's all football all the time, um, loves it. He's a student of the game, and he definitely has the – physical and tangible to play at the next level. And speaking of all of that, uh, one guy that uh, was high on the radar going into the combine was Anthony Bennett. Uh, had a great year for you guys last year. He's what we call a four-teamer. He'll come in and play on all four teams. Definitely, yeah. His athleticism is his biggest thing that lots of teams like. Uh, again, he's a bit of a smaller D-line, more of a pass rush specialist, but um, again, he's the nice thing about him, he's not uh, like a nose tackle. He can play on all four special teams. He played on all of our special teams, played well. Um, again, same as Joshua. I think teams can see that, and they they like that about him. They know they're he's probably going to be a top two round picks, um, and they want those guys to come in and contribute right away. And I think that's exactly what you're going to get if you draft a guy like Anthony Bennett. So uh, kind of bittersweet for you, right? When you could get these guys, some of these guys back, but you don't get them back. It's kind of like a, a proud dad, but you'd love to have them back too if you could. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I was talking with our decor and Sheldon Gray, and he's like, "Yeah, we're not after the combine. We kind of saw how they did, and they tested and." Yeah, just from what we're hearing from CFL scouts, like I don't, I don't think we're getting them back. It'd be great to get them back, but again, these guys have been uh, committing their whole life, and especially the last five years, to make pro. And so, we want them to move on. We want them to 
to chase their dreams and play pro football, and that's what these guys came in here. That was their goal, and I'm glad they're achieving it. It's nice to see. Uh, now, there's a lot of talk, oh, with the XFL and USFL, and, oh, they might take the better American players, so this will help out the Canadian guys. The gap is closing. That might be one positive, that Canadian football players w- get their uh, over uh, overdue look in terms of uh, equality this way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to be honest, I've been following. I haven't been following too much of the XFL. I mean, it's too uh, too hot and cold. I mean, one year they're there, next year they're not. So, uh, I guess once they get a little bit more consistency, uh, it'll be more of a thing. But I know they've signed a few American CFL players, so it definitely does open up the door for a few Canadians, which is great for us uh, as sports coaches. But I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we don't have we don't control that. So. Um, again, I think we got top level of talent. I think the U Sports level of football is increasing every year and closing the gap on uh, some of those American schools. But again, that might open the door for a few of our guys. How's the off season gone for your team so far? Been good. Yeah, we just finished two back to back weekends uh, doing our winter practices. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's good seeing the new guys step in and uh, seeing how our current guys who have been here before how they're developed over the off season. And now it's time to go. So. Uh, it was a great, good two weekends, and now we're off for a bit until spring camp. Do you feel you did pretty well in recruiting? It's all, like we've talked before. It's always interesting here at the U of R. You're a smaller school. Just uh, just based on what can be offered at the school, it kind of hampers you a bit. Yeah, it's been a good year. Um, I know I texted with uh, the D coordinator of uh, the Dinos, and it's always nice when he's like, hey, just so you know, you've had a great uh, great recruiting class. So it's always good when you're um, competing with the other Canvas schools, and the, you're, you're you're landing guys that have had offers from Calgary, from U of S, from U of A. So that's when you know you really had a good recruiting class. So we've done a good job locally here, and I think we stole some uh, some diamonds from like the southern south or southern Alberta area. So now we're excited about it. I think we got some guys that can come in and play right away, and that's always exciting. But <clears throat> university football, it's always you're always a few years behind, right? So uh, most guys come in, they redshirt, they develop for a year or two, and then they play. So. We'll see how we've done in the last few years this upcoming year. And, uh, you know, uh, promotion is one thing. You can go to the dinner and see what the Rams have produced. you got the likes of uh, Mitch Pickton on the stage, uh, Jorgen Hughes, Tavon Campbell, Trevor Harris will be at your dinner April 27th. Big fundraiser for you guys. Yeah, it's a, it's a big event, and it's exciting for our recruits. All, all the guys we've signed, so the 23 recruits that we got coming in, they all get dressed up, suit and tie, and we bring them on stage. We show their highlights. We talk about them. So that's a that's a big part of it. And obviously, all the all the Rams and the pros, all the Ryder guys, and Tavon Campbell coming back will be cool to kind of hear their stories. And and the, the exciting part is just hear how the Rams help them uh, achieve their goals in professional sports. So uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting event on April 27th. And yeah, if you want to buy your tickets, go to ReginaRams.com, and it'll be a, a fun night for everyone. Thanks for your time, Mark. I appreciate it. We'll check in again later. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. I'm taking off my raincoat for some ski boots and some gloves. They've gotten so much white stuff on the West Coast. I'm trading snow for the surf and sun. I hope that Gwyneth Paltrow will stay at home. I hope that Gwyneth Paltrow will stay at
Time now for the third quarter of Growing the Game with Balsy. And first, we want to recognize my good friend Kevin Welsh and Hammer Time Roofing in Saskatoon. Huge football fans over there. Saskatoon's only certified roofing business, specializing in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkey Roofing. For all your roofing needs, call 262-ROOF. Tanya Henderson enters her second season as a defensive assistant coach with the BC Lions, and she joined me to talk about her positive experience in the pros, but some of the challenges, too. Hi, Tanya. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. for Now, did I get... I could be... I could be... The, the cheese could be sliding off the cracker here. Wasn't your name Walter? Did you get married, or did I get that wrong? Just the name change. Okay, cool, good. Because yeah. I, I didn't get it wrong then. You changed it to Henderson. Okay, no, cool. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay, so you got dogs named Reinhardt and Rupert. I'm looking at your bio. Uh, where do those names come from? Um, Honestly, I don't really know. They just kind of came to mind when uh, you know they came around and <laughs> they just suited them the best. Are they, are they farm dogs? And what kind of dogs are they? No, no, no. They're definitely not farm dogs. Uh, they're Weimariners. So oh, okay. they're pretty needy. Definitely, I laugh because they are far from being able to exist on a farm. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Tanya, so what did, uh, how did the first year treat you in the CFL? The first year was great. Uh, honestly, I didn't, like, I did and I didn't really know what to expect coming in. I did more based on what other people told me, which the reality is, is that's not always the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, kind of the narrative that you create in your head. But I would say a lot of it was definitely quite a bit different from what I expected and kind of the picture that was painted in a positive way, I would say. Definitely. Um, but yeah, no, I absolutely loved it. I had a great time, obviously, still lots of ups and downs and challenges along the way. But I have zero regrets, and I'm very, very happy with the decision I made. Yeah, going into year two now, you're going to be working closely with the linebackers and uh, defensive game planning. So back to your first statement there. What was a what was a give me one or two real eye openers for you? You know, you said you created maybe a narrative in your head based on what people told you, but what was a eye opener for you? Um, you know what? I think the biggest thing for me is like. I came from a background of working like multiple jobs, doing a lot of volunteer work, um, you know, in in football, out of football, you know, as an athlete playing football. So like I had my hands in so many things and I've always been so busy. So going into this, everyone was like, oh, not sure if you're going to be okay with the long hours. It's a grind. It's going to be really hard on you. Um, It's really challenging. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know, like, really think like I'm gonna have a problem but I was like maybe I'm completely I'm like reading the situation improperly um but like for me it was actually in a sense easier and simpler because I had one thing to focus on which throughout my entire career in football and in training I've never had that option to just do one thing so for me it was a really big eye-opener of how much more I can accomplish doing one thing and having one focus uh, but, you know, like, yeah, it's still a challenge. There's still, you know, coaching isn't a cakewalk. Working in professional sports isn't, you know, easy. But uh, I really enjoy a dynamic workspace and, you know, not really knowing what to expect next. So mm-hmm. I would say that was kind of one of my biggest eye-openers. And it was just the thing that people 
tried to feed to me the most and tried to be like, mm, I don't know if you're going to be able to do it because it's really hard. Um, mm. Like, yeah, it's challenging, but like I've done, I've done harder things, you know, in different capacities, but like it's, it's been absolutely great. So you're a trailblazer. Like I said, f- uh, first full-time female coach in CFL history. Uh, was it a welcoming situ- uh, situation right off the get-go, or was there a moment where you earned your credibility amongst your coaching peers or the players, so to speak? I definitely was welcome from the very beginning. Um, I really, like, I went in expecting that I was going to have to fight a lot of adversity surrounding things like that, you know, based on, you know, the football world I was a part of, minor, high school, junior, like, I had experienced a lot of those things, but obviously coming into a professional area, workspace, you would hope that that would be better, um, you know, but I was prepared, but it honestly, like, I have had very few blatant negative interactions. Um, or like any issues along those lines since I've since I started, um, and especially with like obviously BC, it's been solid. There's been things here and there when traveling, but I honestly, the, everyone here has been so welcoming, so understanding, and so supportive. So, is there like when you're on the road, do you have a coach's room or the coach's dress? I, I, I like, do you have something set up separately for you, or is that a challenge for you? That's always a question I had when we come to a situation like this. <laughs> So I would say that that's a very actually like that's actually a very complex question. Um, that's something that I've had a lot of discussions with other females about, with other people, and that's it's not as simple as like oh it's a change room. Like it's it's not just that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I think that sports as a whole are going to have to navigate quite a bit as. You know, there is more involvement and equity. Uh, and honestly, for some reason, it becomes more of a question and a bigger deal when you have a female coming into a male sport, yet, you know, male coaches have been existing in female sports for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one has ever, like, asked them that question. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that's, a very, that's a very good point. Um, in terms of... Your day to day. Well, let's talk game day. What is your What are your responsibilities on game day, Tanya Henderson, with the BC Lions? Yeah. So on game day, uh, I am down helping getting everyone warmed up and ready pregame, mm-hmm. and then during game, I'm up in the booth. So I'm working quite closely with Travis Brown, who's also up there, our linebacker coach. Mm-hmm. So recording all the plays, um, going through and just noting and you know, looking for any patterns and, you know, supporting however I can at whatever point. Mm-hmm. Is this a proud moment for you to be a trailblazer, to be the first? I know there's a, there, there was just a recent hire in Ottawa, too. Nadia Docur is now uh, Docur is the, the offensive quality control coach with Bob Dice's staff. But, uh, you know, is it, is it a proud moment for you to be a, a base? You know, you're a role model. You are a trailblazer. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, from the beginning, I've understood the power and importance of me being here and having this opportunity and making the most out of it. And obviously, I was incredibly happy. Um, I was so excited to hear about Nadia. Um, I've known her for a couple of years now. And I think, you know, I, I've said it multiple times, as soon as Bob Dice was hired as head coach, I was like, that'll be the next team that'll bring on a female coach for sure. Uh, and I was right. <laughs> So, yeah, I was very happy to see her get hired. Um, 
And again, like a lot of these questions, everyone wants a simple answer to. And the reality is, is it's not, it's not, a, it's never going to be a simple answer. Um, I am very grateful that I have the ability to be such a role model. Um, but I know that as much as I can impact individual people, it's going to take a lot more people like me and it's going to take a lot more people like Rick and it's going to take a lot more people like all of the players and coaches that I have interacted with and had good experiences with to really move things forward because as of right now sure we have two female coaches in the CFL but if we look at what pathways are actually available to women who want to coach football they still don't really exist so until we have some options and availability for like linear pathways for females to develop as coaches, me being here as like impactful as it can be, isn't having the impact that I want it to have quite yet. That's a good way to put it. What What is your goal? What's your end goal? What do you want to achieve in the game of football? Where do you see your, let's say, what do you see? Where do you see? Where do you hope to see yourself in 10 years? You know, I have never been a goal oriented person. Um, you know, there's things that have come across my lifetime that I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I want to do that. Um, you know, but I'm never like, okay, this is my five-year plan, my 10-year plan, my 20-year plan. Like, that's just never been me. I very much just kind of, you know, look at opportunities and work with opportunities based on intuition and kind of just, you know, take whatever makes sense at that point in time and whatever feels like it needs to be what I'm going after. Uh, I got into football and, you know, in the beginning really because it was something I was told I couldn't do. It was something that like didn't really exist. So I liked that challenge of being able to kind of break that status quo. And really that's what's been the driving factor for me through football and all the different spaces I've been in is to just like create more opportunity. And yes, one of my big focuses is obviously with females and women, but along the way, I've also seen some of these spaces in boys football and men's football where I'm like, "Mm, you know what, this could be a lot better. And so for me, as long as I am moving things forward positively and there is change happening, wherever, whatever position I end up in, as long as I'm accomplishing that, I'm going to be happy. And if that means that I go up to a positional coach and a coordinator and a head coach and, you know, wherever else that I have that opportunity, great. If that takes me in a completely different direction at some point, then that's what it is as well. Put your hands together and give a warm welcome to your dad. What, me? Okay. All right. My wife confessed that she broke my favorite lamp. Now I can't look at her in the same light ever again. Okay, wait. What medieval barbarian was very well endowed? Attila the Hung. Okay, one more. What do you have after you smash a bunch of avocados with a handgun? What? Glock a mole. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Give it up for your dad. Our fourth quarter is brought to you by our friends at the SAS Selects football program as Zelko Stefanovic and his great wife Deb operating out of the Yard Center in Moose Jaw, but they've also expanded into Alberta and Manitoba now. 
Well, our next guest was 6'5", 260 pounds when he was a high school quarterback in Brandon, Manitoba. And he only made the switch to offensive line at the collegiate level. Now he's eligible for the draft and CFL scouts are starting to take notice. Are you a Bombers fan in Rider Nation? <laughs> oh, yes, sir, I am. I've bled blue since I was a little kid. Which uh, which bomber did you like? That you The first bomber you remembered liking, I guess. Oh, oh, that's a tough one. There's been so many greats, you know, right? Like, uh, it'd be hard to say, but, you know, currently player, I would say Patty Newfeld. Right oh. now he's he's a U of S boy, and he's somebody I've looked up to for many years now. Yeah, you can't pick a better guy than that. Regina kid, U of S uh, uh, alum, and a multiple Grey Cup winner, so that's a very good choice. Now, <clears throat> you're 6'5", almost 300 pounds, but you, as the story goes, Six five, two hundred and sixty pound quarterback smashing records. How does a guy go from quarterback to offensive line? Yeah, you know that's a yeah, it's a crazy story. Hey, uh, you know I grew up playing uh, quarterback my whole life and whatnot, and got recruited to USASC as a quarterback actually from Coach Flory. But um, yeah, just one day as we were talking, and he just basically said, "If I want to play professional football in the CFL." It's not going to be a quarterback, and I always knew that. And he said, "Well, come up, play O line, and we'll get you there." And you know, when Scott Floria he tells you that you'll be an O line, and you sort you listen to that guy because he knows what he's talking about. What makes him a good coach, other than a, other than a Hall of Fame reputation? Yeah, you know, he's uh, his brain. You know, he's the probably one of the smartest coaches I've ever met with the offensive scheme. He just knows the ins and out of everything, and. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, so there's there's no one better to learn about than offensive line from him. Dayton, uh, you obviously as a quarterback, uh, quarterback got to be athletic, got to use your feet. A lot of people talked about uh, you having nimble feet. What would you say is your best attribute as an offensive lineman? Yeah, yeah, I would say either my athleticism or my physicality. You know, with my limited experience, those are two things that I think that help me excel in this position is being athletic and just being the most physical player I can be on that line. Do the CFL uh, teams you talk to uh, look at you kind of in an intriguing way? Because like you said, you're basically raw yet. You're you're still learning this position. It's not like something you've been doing since you've been in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I know there's lots of room for growth and I, I hope lots of coaches can see the potential in me and Hopefully they believe I have a high ceiling that they can work with. How did you feel the combine went for you in the one-on-one drills, testing, everything like that? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I put my best foot forward on tape for the coaches to show, you know, been training a ton for this combine in these five days. So with the amount of preparation I had, I think I had the best combine I per- possibly could have had. You know, playing line, you're not – always going to be a hundred percent on every rep you know but there's always things to work on and yeah i take it as a good thing can you uh use your physicality to cover up some of those i'll call them learning warts so to speak yeah you know like i think i'm able to make up a lot of i don't know if it's simple errors or not but i feel with my physicality and athleticism it helps save my ass sometimes to put it bluntly <laughs> I love the way you put that. What kind of mind, different mindset did you have to have going from quarterback to offensive line, or did you always have that mindset? No, it's a, it's definitely a very different position. You know, you, 
you go from always going forward and stuff, and now now I'm going backwards while a grown man's running at me, right? So it's a it's a lot of it's a big learning curve and a mindset. You got to have that mindset that you're just you're ready to take on anything and any time. It's a bit humbling too, isn't it? Because as a quarterback, you got the ball in your hand every play you're on the field to start the play, and you're the guy. You're in charge of all the men. Now somebody directs you, and let's be honest, offensive line is a thankless position. It's the only position in sports where you give up your body for the greater glory of others, running back, quarterback, receiver, tight end. Yeah, no, for sure it is. And, you know, I I love it, though, because I feel – Without those five offensive linemen, I don't think a team would beat the way it does. And even looking at the Huskies, like, you know, it's a lot of our success is having a good line and giving our quarterbacks time. So, you know, without that old line, you know, lots doesn't get done. Um, so, uh, did you get any sense from the teams? Uh, how, how was the, I guess, how was the question and answer period for you? Yeah, you know, I actually, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed meeting with all the teams, uh, a lot of good questions, some hard questions, but, you know, every part of it was awesome just getting to know them more and more. So uh, would 1-2, uh, in terms of where you want to get drafted, be Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, since you you're, you grew up a Bombers fan, but you've spent a lot of your, uh, you know, your your university days here in green and white already? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Going to either of those programs, uh, it'd be awesome. You know, they got rich cultures, great, great fan support. It'd be yeah, it'd be hard not to want to go anywhere else if you're a Canadian offensive lineman right now. Did you get asked this question? Because I know a lot of guys get asked it. Hey, are you comfortable with moving away, like to from like a, say a BC Lions or Ottawa or Toronto? And I guess it wouldn't be that big a deal from you moving from Brandon to uh, Saskatoon. Yeah, no, I uh, like what teams asked. I I told them I was ready to pack up my truck and get on the road tomorrow if you guys would have me. So mm-hmm. yeah, I have no problem. Moving away again. What kind of truck do you got? <laughs> I got a '94 F-150 right now. Nice. <laughs> does it got Does it got dings and a little bit of rust or what? Oh no. Uh, me and my old man, we redid her all. Got her up pretty nice. She's running great right now. You You and Dad. You and yeah. da- You and Dad are uh, are car guys. Ah, uh, you know, no, we're just we're just big workers. You know, I grew up working with my old man for. As long as I can remember, so just any little projects we we just take away at, and you know, getting that truck was one of them. I got I, not gonna lie to you. I'm not I'm not critiquing you here, uh, but I, I uh, whenever whenever like I never refer to my dad as old man or old woman like my mom because they get the old lady because they get mad at me. Your dad never got mad when you call him that, or is that just kind of an affectionate term? Oh no, no, you get mad. I'm just saying it because he's not here right now. <laughs> He'd be chasing after me right now, probably. That is uh, that is funny stuff, man. Right there. Well, man, I I, I uh, wish you all the best. By the way, before we do the 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 uh, the smart side, you're a student athlete. What are you taking in school right now? I'm currently in the College of Education right now. Okay, and you want to be a teacher? Yeah, you know that's uh, something I've always sort of wanted to do. But uh, really, I was hoping it'd be able to help me get into the coaching eventually one day because. I just got that big passion for sports, and you know, I just eventually want to keep giving back to the younger generation. Yeah, no, man, it's uh, it's definitely uh, something to keep on your radar. But you got bigger plans, man, as you have an opportunity to get drafted, and uh, we're looking forward to watching you, Dayton. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you for your time and having me on. Learning with Vernon, get smarter every day. Learning with Vernon.
much done and Google just won't do. You just ask Vernon, you'll have an answer soon. Caller, you're in the air. Hey, Vernon. Tomorrow's April Fool's, and every year my brother-in-law tricks me good. He's having us over for barbecue tomorrow. What can I do to get him? Any water on his property? Cattle pond. Good. Do this. Take a piece of wood about the size of a cell phone, spray paint it black, and tomorrow ask if you can use his phone. Then make the switch and make it look like you accidentally dropped his phone in the pond. He'll go ballistic. Right. He might jump in the pond to get it. Yeah, that's why you should have your wife record video on her phone. Then y'all yell out, April April Fools. You got it. Thanks, Vernon. Good times. Can't wait to see it. Vernon with Vernon. You'll have an answer soon. So much content to get to this week. I'll have to spread it over a couple of podcasts. We're going to go into extra time with our extra point. We'll hear from Mason Nias in a second. But we want to recognize our third title sponsor. It is Regina Sports Performance Center. And my buddy Aubrey Stedman over there. A new center of excellence for the training and rehabilitation of Saskatchewan's elite athletes. What do they got over there? An indoor football field 24 yards wide by 50 yards long with stadium quality turf and markings for football, soccer, and lacrosse. Two regulation size three-on-three courts on a poly-turf rubberized surface with markings for two pickleball and badminton courts. They've got the Regina area renowned sports therapist Scott Anderson on site. And they also have a great weight room and cardio facility located at 1464 Broadway Avenue in the heart of Regina. It's the Regina Sports Performance Center. Ah, yes. Time now to hear from graduating University of Saskatchewan Huskies quarterback Mason Nias from Regina. And as you'll hear, he had a couple of good reasons to turn down a contract offer from the Rough Riders. Now let's check this out. Two-time Vanier Cup finalist, two-time UTEC Bowl champ, three-time Hardy Cup champ, Heck Crichton nominee, Canada West Player of the Year, U Sports All-Star, two-time Canada West All-Star, Husky MVP, uh, two-time Husky Offensive Player of the Year, U19 World Champion Gold Medalist, Canada Cup MVP, four-time U Sports Academic All-Canadian, and Edwards School of Business graduate and College of Education graduate at the U of S. I think I basically covered everything there, man. Um, I would say you wouldn't find a more decorated quarterback in amateur football in Saskatchewan history. Uh, Welcome uh, to the program once again, Mason. Which one of those is the... I guess which one of those are you most proud of is the best way of asking it. Um, wow. I, I mean, I, I know I've done all those things, but just saying them all in a row, it, it seems a lot more than, uh, than you usually think about it. So it's, it's definitely pretty cool. Um, I know my parents would probably say the academic all Canadian ones would be the most important. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but for, for me, um, probably, uh, the Huskies team MVP and those, those type of team awards, just cause they're, they're my teammates vote on them. And, uh, it's pretty cool when you can get recognized by uh, your fellow peers. And I'd say probably, probably that. Will that hurt ever go away when I say two time, a Vanier cup finalist? <laughs> uh, I'm sure it'll always sting. Uh, you know, those, those type of things, uh, obviously put so much time into it. So um, obviously it would have been nice to win, uh, win one of those and coming up six points short in both those games, obviously, <laughs> obviously here's pretty bad, but uh, you know what? It's one of those things where uh, 
it happened. It is what it is. But uh, you can always kind of reflect back and did a lot of good things. Uh, both those seasons made a lot of good memories. But yeah, definitely would would have liked to finish uh, on top on one of those. Okay. Uh, now, does it sting more that you didn't win the Vanier Cup, or does it sting equally as much that you didn't get that Heck Crichton Trophy, which I thought you got absolutely robbed on? Not no disrespect to the winner, but just your thoughts on that because I haven't talked to you really since then. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, definitely, uh, definitely things more with the Vanier Cup. Obviously, the Heck Crichton, you want to win it. Um, and I know it's cliche, but it really is an individual award. It's obviously one of those things that it's cool. You can go back and, you know, say, you, say you're the best college football player one year, um, vote on by other coaches. But, you know, it is what it is. It's just a, it's really just a couple of coaches from around the country voting. It's really, I can't control what they do. So I definitely say losing, um, the Vanier hurts more just because it's something you want to do for uh, not just yourself, but your coaches and your teammates. So definitely the Vanier Cup. Hey, and I've said this before, but I never said it in that long list. You never lost a game at the U Sports level in Saskatchewan, either at home or on the road here in Regina. That's pretty cool. Nobody else can say that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely one of the, that's probably the thing I like the most. That's my favorite kind of individual one I have. Obviously it's team winning those football games, but, this day I've never lost at Griffiths or Warren or John. It's, it's pretty cool. So you gave your buddy Kyle Borsa uh, a little pep talk and said, ride it till the wheels fall off, meaning, hey, go go back at it. Give it another crack with the Rams. Sure, do it. But you didn't take the same advice. You didn't. You had a chance to continue your football career with the Rough Riders. And I've got asked this a lot of times, both on social media and uh, you know off the air here, what was behind your decision? I'll let you uh, tell us all you can. Yeah, obviously, Borsa, um, with the Rams, he's, you know, he's such a talented football player, and he's been in the CFL with getting drafted with the Bombers, and I think it's just, uh, I think he owes it to himself and the Rams. You've put a lot of time into him just to give it one more crack, so uh, that's kind of what I was talking to Borsa about with, and hopefully he goes out and has a great last season here with the Rams. For myself, personally, it was super cool just going through the process with um, O'Day and Carson there with the Riders. Um, ultimately, it was a super tough decision I had to kind of make with my family, and it just wasn't really the right time for me personally. And I kind of was – I had plans on moving to the West Coast for probably the last two years now, two, three years. So um, I kind of had my life ready to go, and it was obviously super cool and experience I uh, – was super grateful for going through the contract negotiations, but I knew it was kind of, it was time for me to kind of get going with my life. And uh, uh, if I was staying in Regina, I likely would have kind of just took that last crack, but uh, my life took me out to the coast and I'm, I'm happy with my decision and uh, definitely, definitely happy to live with it. So, but listen, man, you're one of the top players at your position. We've talked about this, not only with you, but, but with others, the Canadian quarterback, it's a long shot to make it. There are Nathan Rourke's of the world, Michael O'Connor's, who I think you're comparable to, if not better, to be quite honest. Uh, but there are a lot of people that didn't have a chance to make it, like an Adam Sinagra, like a, uh, a Noah Picton, so on and so forth. Was it really a sense of, hey, I, I probably i am a long shot. I probably don't have a really good chance. I just want to move on with my life, get the teaching, which you're doing now in Vancouver. Um, yeah, to, like, I think, um, obviously I believe in myself. I think I'm a really talented football player, uh, not to be arrogant, but that's just, I, I believe in my own abilities, but yeah, for sure. Obviously, um, 
you know the track record with Canadian quarterbacks and um, with guys like Picton and Sinegar, I hold those dudes in extremely high regard for their football intellect and their football skill. And I, I think I'm right up there with those two guys. Um, but yeah, definitely seeing them kind of not get the full extent of a shot, I guess, um, is discouraging. Maybe played a bit of a factor, but um, everything I heard from O'Day and Carson was very positive in my negotiations uh, and nothing like just being a camp arm. They never gave me that impression. So um, definitely nothing to do with the riders there, but obviously, um, yeah, the Canadians just never had a great track record. So um, definitely played a little bit of a factor um, for sure, but obviously yeah, professional personal stuff going on as well. Yeah. You got a girlfriend that you've been in a long-term relationship with now. So I get why you're moving out to Vancouver. How much is this? I I've said this before. I wonder if you agree or not. I know from my own son's standpoint, he's like, dad, I can't wait to make my own money. My sister makes her money. <laughs> I'm getting money from you, but I can't wait to make my own money. Look at you, man. You're in your mid twenties. You've been playing football. It's not to say you didn't have a part-time job because whether people believe it or not, being a uh, student athlete is a full-time job so you are you are working even though you're not getting paid like a, at a at a part-time job but how much was it like you want to make your own money you want to be an equal in a relationship like with your girlfriend oh 100 um you know i was living off the bank of perry and kathy for a little too long there so um i was super fortunate <laughs> with scholarships and grants and stuff like that as long along with fantastic emotional physical and financial support from my parents back home so um yeah it was definitely time for me to get going a bit and make some cash so uh i can kind of stand on my own two feet yeah you're one of the most likable guys i know and from everything i've heard blake nil isn't one of the most likable guys i could know <laughs> so how does one of the most likable guys i know end up with blake nil and am i missing something is is perception one thing and facts another thing here mason yeah, I, I would say so. Um, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, Coach Nell obviously has a bit of a reputation. Um, but, you know, ever since i kind of been out here on the coast and been with UBC, it's been nothing but positive. He's welcomed me with open arms. He's treated me fantastically. And everything I've seen from Coach Nell has been um, first class all the way. And, uh, yeah, no, I uh, – yeah, obviously he has a bit of a reputation, but – Truthfully, I've seen nothing but pauses from him and the whole staff there, so it's been awesome uh, working with them. So what are you going to do there, or what are you doing with the staff at UBC? Uh, yeah, I'm coaching quarterbacks right now at UBC, uh, just with uh, Garrett, Derek, Jay, and all those guys on the West Coast. So it's been pretty awesome just kind of getting my feet wet into coaching a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a super fun experience for the first uh, month or so here. I liken you to a Mark Mueller. Uh, a guy that uh, also had a chance at the CFL preseason briefly with Edmonton was, uh, you know, in line probably to get the Rams head coaching job, but they went another route with Mike Gibson. And now he's in Calgary as a, as a budding superstar assistant coach in the CFL. Is that kind of the path you'd like to go? Like, where would you like to go with this coaching thing? Yeah, obviously, um, I want to pursue coaching. Uh, I have a, obviously a very deep passion with for football and um educating as well with my teaching degree and whatnot so um definitely want to go as far as i can kind of take it obviously mark mueller is i look up to him he's a great role model for Canadians trying to get into coaching he's done a fantastic job with the stampeders i was fortunate enough to work with him in the 2019 internship i was there with the stamps so 
um, yeah, he's an awesome coach, awesome guy. So if I can uh, just have a little bit of success uh, in youth sports level or CFL that he's had, I'd be super grateful for it. Do you ever think a kid who grew up in Lakewood, went to Riffle, and ended up with the U of S <laughs> would be living in Vancouver on the West Coast, in love, teaching, and now coaching for the UBC Thunderbirds? Did you ever think that would happen? I can honestly say I never thought uh, that would happen. Uh, once I was leaving Riffle High, I was pretty convinced I was going to U.S. for four or five years. It turned into six and a half. Um, <laughs> thought I'd stay in Saskatchewan for the rest of my life, honestly. But you know, I uh, uh, God has different plans for you, and you just kind of roll with it. And it's been a it's been a blast, and I've enjoyed every step of the journey. Well, we can. Uh, I'm glad we can continue to talk some football because you're still in the game coaching, man. Congratulations on a great career, and uh, best of luck uh, with UBC, except for when you play the Rams, okay? I don't care about the Huskies anymore. I just care about the Rams now. <laughs> uh, I appreciate Paul. I'm happy to come on and uh, look forward to coming on in the future.